Case 025, Field Notes, the 15th of Reading. Ongoing observation of the unit reveals the subject's bloodthirstiness. A giant hornet and a swarm of termites were annihilated during their investigations. The subjects have located two diary pages from Jory, the father of the weakling lumber boy Widget, whose corpse was found in the watchtower. Night monitoring continues as they have perceived lights in the forest. Status. Continuing observation. Awake to a clouded wintry morning which casts a gray light upon the lumber camp and the surrounding wood. A thin layer of fresh snow muffles even the chirps of birds in the nearby woods. And uh, now that it's daytime, you don't see the lights that you had seen dancing kind of oddly in the forest, uh, which you had seen the night before. And instead, it's just kind of a cold gray light illuminating the scene. What are y'all up to? Dante is awake. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. <laughs> morning. Ah, yes, my man. How are you? It's a beautiful morning. Are you ready? Ready for what? What are you thinking, Dante? I think I'm going to go down this rope that I tied from the top of this tower. Ha-ha! And Dante is going to try to slide down this rope. Should I roll for this? I'm ready to roll. You should absolutely roll for this. Okay. I think <laughs> it's going to have to be athletics. Okay. Or acrobatics, your choice. Acrobatics or athletics. I'm going to go with that uh, athletics. That is a 26. Uh, you You slide down it and it is... Absolutely incredible. <laughs> you do it and kind of do almost a half flip at the end and a gymnast landing. Boom. Does, do every, does everybody like hold up little cards that have numbers on it at the top to be like... Do you feel as though angels from heaven clapped. Oh, good. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah and Ray is pleased. All right, your turn, fellow mates. Yeah, Shira's going to go down the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to assume that you guys all have, you know, appeared at the bottom of this watchtower, um, or you might still be in the watchtower. What are you guys planning to do? If you remember, the lumber camp had a couple of tents that you've already explored in a lumber pile. There is a river that is <clears throat> rushing behind you, essentially, and then in front of you, there's the dark moonwood. Did we see something glowing in the night? She ra she ra and Imogen saw some uh, lights while they were uh, peering out. They saw some lights glowing in the woods, not in the river area. Yeah, I'd like to go and investigate the the area where the lights were. 
Or at least, yeah, the edge of the wood. And is is the the direction of where the lights were sort of close to or in the same direction as the the crags, the the rocky areas? The lights were kind of dancing in, I would say, three directions surrounding. Um, so if you think of the of it as a semicircle of lumber camp next to a river, and then the woods are on three sides, then um, the lights kind of were dancing randomly in the middle distance uh, in the woods. Okay. I mean, since the um, the diary referred to the crags and some kind of crash over there, we should probably head in that direction and investigate the lights along that path. Yeah? To the woods. That sounds like a good idea. Okay. As our heroes enter into the woods, the midnight blue bark of the dark moon trees seems to absorb what little light that this bleak day has to offer. And so you continue for about five minutes and it's pretty uneventful. Does anyone have anything that they want to do while you're searching the woods? I'd like to do a survival check. A 17 on the die for a 27. So with your survival check, uh, you start to notice some remains of clothing and like scraps of uh, thread that are along the path that you're in. And so it seems to be bits of uh, shirts and, and leather, like jackets and things like that. Torn to shreds? Yeah, it seems to be leading in a straight kind of direction. Sorry, so whole outfits people have like thrown off their clothes and gone running naked in the woods or people like tore out of their clothes and hulked out or like No, think think them. a lot more along the lines of a hunter seeing like a a cracked twig with a piece of thread on it. Ah, ah, not yes. not <laughs> not full naked. Cuz you're eagle eye imogen. That is what they call me. Uh, I'll point this out to my companions. Okay. And do you want to continue along the... It, there's, it seems to be leading towards a a path. Follow the path. Yeah. It's dark, and the the trees themselves are quite large. Uh, and they, they, they don't have any leaves on them because it's winter. Uh, but they still have a pretty thick bramble of branches. And like I said, the bark itself is this really dark color. Uh, so it... The, the light is low. I'm going to light a torch so we can see better. All right. As you continue walking along this path, uh, you come to what seems to be a bit of a clearing, and it's a lot lighter. And in this clearing, there is a lot of frozen patches of ice, uh, as ice is want to do. And you find um, an entire, like, outfit but it's all burned at the edges so like a boot uh made of leather and most of it has disintegrated away mm. is it like sins or like burnt burn like acid burn acid burn oh okay hmm. like it's half melted looking so can i do an arcana check just to see if maybe some remnants yes okay that is a 22. Okay, so 
just barely you get the hint of magic in the air, but it's not like it's centered upon anything in particular. A general perception check to see if there's anything we're yes, not catching? Yes, please give me a perception check. An 11 on the die for a 21. Yeah, well, a 13. 7 on the die for a 16. Let's see. I got a 23. A 23. Okay. That's our best one. Um, where the rest of you guys kind of get a sense that there's something amiss, uh, which should be fairly obvious from the melted clothes. <laughs> Dante, you actually notice that the ice is reflecting the wrong images. It should be reflecting. It's like a flat pool of ice. There's several pools of ice. Um, and it looks perfectly flat and reflecting like a mirror. It's reflecting the kind of skeletal dark moon wood trees. And it's a little bit distorted. It doesn't look quite right. Can I do an occult check on the, the pool? There's something like unnatural about it. You can, but describe to me like how you would do an occult check. Like physically, what is Briggs doing? Poke it with a stick? I mean, da Dante was going to smash it. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to throw something at it or something. <laughs> Got kind of a crazy idea if y'all will uh, humor me. All right. Before before you do that, Dante, I, I just don't want anybody uh, slipping into any crazy portals or whatnot. I've got a focus spell called Hurtling Stone, uh, where I hurdle a stone. <laughs> <laughs> no way! With great force. Oh. With great force? Okay. That that sounds tight. Dante's going to get ready just something pops out. All right, uh, check this one out. It's it's because I'm a, a, a badass dwarf and cleric that I can do this one. Um, and I shall I roll to hit? Yeah. At like a 17, all said and done? Okay, so here's what's happened. Imogen, you start doing your, essentially a prayer, and this huge rock uh, lifts into the air, hurdles towards this, uh, seemingly slightly strange patch of ice. And when it hits, instead of breaking the ice, it gets absorbed into it in sort of a jelly kind of way. Oh no. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's a huge flash of light and the lights that you were seeing previous when you were in the watchtower, you see them again, except now you see them directly in front of you. And they're almost hard for your eyes to focus on what you're seeing uh, because it's almost like you're seeing a bunch of images all at once, but through like a, a warped piece of glass. And so um, at the same time that you see that, you also need to roll for initiative. Uh -oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry! Alright, I'm trying to figure this out because find initiative. 
yeah, so in TUI, there isn't like an initiative roll. Uh, you just roll whatever you're using at the time. So you were probably using perception. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Okay. So I rolled a three. Yeah. Do you want this in the gameplay channel? Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Rolled an eleven plus eight. It's nine. Yeah, nineteen. But I also have an ability called um, Swaggering Initiative. It's a plus two circumstance bonus to your initiative roll and interact to draw a weapon. So it's another plus two. So 21. So you and Sarah got the same number. And then in this edition, you just choose who goes first. You don't mess around with decks. That's fine. You can go first, Sarah. I got you. All right. So that first hit, um, I'm going to count it, Sarah. So that was a hit on uh, our ooze. Uh, what was the damage on it? Get ready. Let's see. Um, that is a total of eight points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. So that was my first action. Is Are we having... That was a part of a surprise round, and now we're straight up in combat, so Briggs is up? Is that how it's Correct. Working? Okay, thanks. Exactly. Um, Briggs, you're up. All right, so about how far away am I from it? You are about one action away from it. You guys are standing back. All right, I'm gonna run up to it. Okay, what's your first move? I'm going to, and with my swaggering initiative, I automatically pull out my weapon too. Okay. It's like a interact. It's like a reaction to like to something. Mm -hmm. So then I'm gonna take a swing at it. All right. And I'm using my striking rapier. So I rolled a 16 plus 10 is a 26. That's a hit. It is six points of damage. Six points of damage, and it's piercing damage, right? It's piercing damage, yes. Okay, so it is actually ten points of damage. JK, you did one damage. Oh. I went the mm. wrong direction with it. I was just looking at, like, a bunch of numbers and being like, yes, good thing I'm playing this game with all the numbers that I'm so good at. It's okay. Math is a growth area for you. Math is a growth area for me. Okay. Next step. Wait, no. That's your second action? What's your third action? I'm going to... I guess take another swing. I rolled a nat 20. Is this when I would use my fleet cr critical hit deck? Yes. Yes, it is. Guys, I got this sweet critical hit <clears throat> deck from Sarah when she came to visit me during the holidays. And what it is, it's a stack of cards. I will shuffle them. I'm watching her shuffle. the sound of shuffling. Yes, indeed. Shuffle, 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 fully work, shuffle. Okay, and then I would draw the one off the top, and then, so what it has on it, which I cannot show you, is it's got a bunch of different types of damage, and then a random thing for what type of damage it is. So since you are using a rapier, it would be piercing damage. And the piercing damage on this card that I have drawn is blown back double damage and target is knocked prone so that is what happens in this and we're gonna play with it for this session see how we like it cool sounds good okay so i i had 10 on the initial the 2d6 that's 20 and then plus 6 is 26 total okay you wrecked it get wrecked 
I just like run over and just like did like a downward throw stab on it. <laughs> so as you pierce into this thing, and piercing does not seem to do a lot to it, but you do notice two things. First, when you pierce down into it, it goes a lot deeper than it appears. Um, like I said, it appears flat on the surface, but clearly it's going down at least some distance. And the second thing that happens is you look into the actual pond itself and where you expect to see your reflection, you see something else just before this creature dies. Now what you see, kind of first it seems to be a smog that then clears up and then you kind of find yourself falling into uh, this ooze. The first thing you see is an enormous tree rising from the sea with hundreds of ribbons fluttering in its branches and a red crystal lodged in a tower of a church. Then the image of a gray fox with glimmering sapphire eyes a thick white fog, and through it, a single sunflower surrounded by hulking forms. And then finally, pure darkness, glitching as eyes appear, then tentacles, then the sound of a roaring static fills your ears. And then you find yourself lying next to this dead ooze, and you're a little bit shaken. Oh, sweet Saren Ray. So, um, the only person who would have seen that is Briggs, but I assume he's going to tell you about it. Oh, sweet Saren Ray. Dante's been, like, <laughs> been, like, handing out. He's been sliding, sliding Briggs of, uh, <laughs> with a pamphlet of Saren Ray, like, reading. What, what happened? I just stabbed the puddle thing and then so much of weird crap. Did I go somewhere? And then uh, tell everybody what I saw. Would any of this sound familiar to us with, say, some sort of knowledge check? Religious check. Hmm. Two things I would like to talk about. First, you have attacked one of these ice puddles, and there are three in the clearing that you're in. Um, so there are two more if oh. you would like to fuck with them. Number two, you can give me a nature check if you want uh, to learn more about the thingamajig that you've just fucked with. Uh, I'm going to do a lore check for sailing on the, the tree in the middle of the sea. Maybe like something he's heard of or seen before. So 19. Lore for sailing, 19. With that, it's not strong enough for you to um, know a ton about it, but you have heard about a seafaring town uh, that does a festival. And you just can't really remember when it is or where it is, but you're like, yeah, there's a, there's a festival that has to do with a tree that somebody once told you about while, you know, hanging out at sea while they were on layaway with you. Layaway. On a boat. <laughs> That's been sailor talk with Eli Wallace. <laughs> was the thing where one boat goes next to another boat and they like go and chill together. I read about it in Moby Dick. It's like a parlay kind of thing. Rafting? <laughs> it's not rafting. Um. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's the term for, yeah. Uh, oh. 
No, I'm not saying that they're on an actual raft. They're on a sailboat rafting with another sailboat, right? No, no, no. So it was where like two ships pull up next to each other and you can cross between them. In Moby Dick, they're always like, oh, we're lonely and tired of hunting whales. And then another boat will be like, hey, yeah, let's bro. trade sea news. See, see, CNN. Ha ha ha. Hey, back to the game. Can Dante do a religious check um, on the crystal in the church tower? Uh, yes. 26 total. When he describes this to you, it doesn't, it's not enough detail for you to know. Okay. Really where it is. I figure it's worth a shot. Yeah. Or, or what it would be. Okay. I did a, a roll for a nature check, but I only got a 14. So I'm not sure that that's really going to tell us much about our mystical jelly puddles. With a 14, Shira, you look at them and you go, guys, this is not ice. These are oozes. And you, you look around and look very proud of yourself for coming up with that amount of detail, which is very little. Okay. So, One word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like I said, Dante did a night 26. No, 19. I lied. Total on a nature check. You look at Shira and you, and you remember, like, oh. you know what? These are oozes. For sure. Oh, okay. And we high five. A 19. Anybody else want to do a nature check? Yeah, somebody, everyone roll a nature check. I got a nat one for a total of an 11. (laughs) Imogen is like, I've never heard of a news. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's it. And so pulling the party, um, I don't want to mess with the other oozes. Does anyone else want to mess with the other oozes? It's news to me. (laughs) News. Oh, there's there's an is that a pun or is that actually the name of this thing? It's it's a pun. That's okay, a pun. it's a Damn pun. It. I was saying it's it's, <laughs> it's news to me. Question stands. I have a feeling that there, if there's smaller ones, there's a bigger one somewhere. It's left little puddles. That's my guess. That's Dante's hunch. And if we follow them, we're probably going to find the big one. So unless you guys want to, like, battle the big one. You're probably right. That's, my, that's what I think. Can I, can I do a survival check to try and figure out which way this big ooze might be and then guide us in the opposite direction? <laughs> Give me a perception check. Instead of a survival check. Both of us? Yeah, anybody who wants it. Yes, I want in. I got 17. I got a 21 total. Okay. The 21, you perceive that for sure the oozes are what have melted this clo- the clothing. Okay. And that the clothing is for sure belonging to somebody from the lumber camp. That much is obvious. Um, there are no obvious connections between these ooze like leading to another ooze but you do notice that there are more oozes surrounding the camp and it's actually surrounding the camp on three sides there are you find six more oozes in addition to the three that are here 
there are oozes in every direction in kind of one big semicircle. And you find a lot more of those clothes and half-melted bodies kind of out and about with these oozes. So that is probably what has happened to our villagers. Yeah. I'm I'm just curious. So these these bodies are are burnt beyond recognition, but their clothes remain. Why are these oozes uh, so picky when they're eating? You know, they're just oozes being oozes. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. It's it's just odd that they're not eating the clothes too. I mean, they ate some oozes. clothes, but oh, not all okay. the clothes. There's just like bits and pieces. Gotcha. One of you. Uh, here is a flapping on the wind. It's Dante because he was doing his survival check. A flapping on the wind, um, and it sounds like a piece of paper stuck in a tree. Hmm. Where, where is it nearby? Yes. Okay. Do I see it? No, but you hear it. Track it. Be careful. Remember the last time I found a piece of paper. Let's see. Well, Dante will be careful, and he's going to ready a weapon. Don't step on the news. You track your way to it, it's super easy to find. It's just uh, up ahead in the forest. Okay. But it is clearly a piece of paper. You can see kind of from the ground stuck in the branch of a tree. Uh, but it's a little bit off the ground. It's probably about 15 feet off the ground. Dope. I've got hella acrobatics to try and get up there. I was just going to throw my javelin and see if I can break the branch. Give me a leg up. Do it. Okay, uh, I give him a leg up, a boost. Yeah, you're going to do a strength check, Dante. Dope. Because Briggs doesn't have to put any effort forward on this one. That is yes. a 23 total. You launch him into the tree, <laughs> and it's pretty easy for Briggs to grab the piece of paper and uh, land. Do you need me to catch him softly? Um, with that, you cut him on your own. With that roll. Dope. Yeah, you, you caught him super softly. It was beautiful and touching. All right, so on that piece of paper, you realize it is another page from Jory's diary. And, uh, and it says, The winter rains have come and then the ice. People are starting to disappear. Reed's party set out for Drosgar's crag more than a week ago and has yet to return. We must go to the consortium for help. But the foreman says we should be readying for a rescue mission instead. My beloved, Dory, sets out at first light. If she does not return quickly, I won't be able to stop myself from following her. If only we could reach out to the Falcons 4, someone could save us. Oh, that's us. Yay. Aw, we're heroes. Falcons 4, bada ba how did we get stuck with that name, though? I don't like that name very much. Feel free to change four. it. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right, so you guys are kind of standing in the woods. It is midday at this point. Uh, you have avoided anything that looks like a big patch of ice um, that's acting funky. And you just found this clue. What are you guys going to do now? I think we got to go to Droskar's Crag. Yeah, it's, it's the big-ass mountain. Yeah, you guys could see it from town, and you have traveled essentially towards it when you went towards the lumber camp, and you can continue 
uh, either through the woods or you could go back to the river and follow the river up and both will take you to Droskar's Crag. Was the monastery that we have been to before next to Droskar's Crag? Is that right? It was in the shadows of Droskar's Crag. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that's like more in the woods, uh, but it's, it's near it. Uh, just so we know, Dante is going to uh, jot those ice puddles down in his little book that he got from his mentor. And um, about the whole situation, if he encounters something similar again. Is it longer to go on the river? And do we need to cross a piece of the river at some point? You will have to cross a piece of the river regardless. Okay. Imogen uh, is a firm believer in uh, the most direct path possible is best path. So uh, onwards and upwards through the woods, in her opinion. Okay, so the most direct path is going to be a little bit of wood, and then you're going to have to cross the river, and then you'll be heading towards the crags themselves. Let's just um, follow the, uh, the outer edge of the forest up then. And, and we might find more evidence of uh, the the lumber consortium folks or the lumber lumber campers. I think that seems like a good plan. Yeah, Dante has a feeling that they're all probably dead. Well, negative, Nancy. <laughs> all right. So you guys decide to skirt the woods, and by doing that, you get to the river pretty quickly. Um, you've already traveled enough through the woods themselves um, in the process of trying to find these oozes. And it just is a small hop, skip, and a jump. And you are at the river itself. Uh, It is quite cold, and the river is about 30 feet wide. What are you going to do to get across it? Well, what time of day is it? It's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Are there any logs or anything lying around that we might be able to build a raft out of? It would take you very little time to backtrack and get a lot of logs from the giant uh, wood pile. Mm. I've got a grappling hook, and we've got multiple lengths of rope. Let's freaking shimmy across. Yeah, I have some rope in my adventurer's pack um, that we could do that with. Anyone have any other ideas? Hmm. Does anybody have any frost magic that could uh, be used? Damn it, Gwen! Yeah, I know, right? Dante got spoiled by that. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty freaking sweet. I could probably get it across, but I was just saying, if, if we're doing anything with water, P.S. We need to make sure that thing is is nice and sturdy. Dante does not like water. Ooh, Okay. This is this is pretty nuts. Uh, so you can throw a grappling hook uh, to anchor a grappling hook, make an attack roll uh, against a DC uh, determined by the GM, typically at least DC 20. On a success, your hook has a firm hold, but on a critical failure, the hook seems like it will hold, but actually falls when you're partway up. So uh, it's a secret roll, which means we would tell you what our bonus would be to hit, and then you roll it. Uh, and keep keep the results a secret. So describe to me what you guys are doing. Whoever's the lightest probably should go first. Yeah, we'll take it easy and go one one person at a time. And if he does get soaking wet, we'll probably have to stop and start a fire. Then we'll freeze to death. So Imogen 
Imogen and Briggs have the grappling hooks, right? Uh, so pretty much somebody with a uh, high dex should be the one doing this. Probably not Dante. I also have a grappling hook as well. I have a high dex. And a great history with uh, fording uh, bodies of water. Let's have She-Ra do it. So I'm borrowing one of y'all's grappling hooks and I'm doing this because I don't have one myself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. Uh, here, She-Ra, you're, uh, you're significantly taller than me and you seem quite sprightly. Okay, so I've thrown the grappling hook. It has lodged into a tree. I give it a couple little test tugs. Um, our folks, I'm, I'm going to have to tie it up on another tree on our side and shimmy across. Is that what folks were thinking? Yes. Okay. Well, I have a lot of faith in my knots, so that's not going to fail. Um, so I'm going to climb up onto the rope, um, and I'm going to start shimmying. Is that going to be an acrobatics check for me? Oh, it could be like acrobatics if you were balancing on top and like an athletics if you were, uh, okay. like holding upside down and like scooting. I do have the feet of feather step, which is can step in difficult terrain. So does that give me like a bonus on my athletics check? Uh, let's just do advantage on your check. You can roll it twice. Take the higher number. All right. I rolled a 20 adjusted. Okay. Yes. So what happens is you are feather stepping across the line and you get solidly about halfway out before it uh, snaps and breaks and you fall into the water. And now if you'll give me an athletics check, please because the water is rushing and it's cold and you are going to, I assume, attempt to swim. Okay. I got a natural 20, so it's a 26 adjusted. You successfully swim to the other side, but it is cold as hail. Take one damage. Okay. All right, Al, what are the rest you gonna do? I have a question. Yes. How tall are the trees of the forest near the river. On average, 35 feet tall. <laughs> On average, 35 feet tall. Alright, Dante is gonna whip out. Dante's had enough of this rope bullshit. And he's like, nope, I'm gonna die if I do that. So he's gonna pull out his uh, adamantine battle axe. Mm -hmm. And he's gonna chop one of them trees down. Not one, maybe two, maybe three. Let's right. get it going. All right. So, uh, I guess give me an athletics check. An athletics or an attack on the tree itself? That's not real. Okay. Never know. <laughs> athletics it is. I figured you want Although to... you did attack a ice pond earlier, this is, the tree doesn't have hit points. So. Just making sure. I don't know. You do it here. This is your, this is your game. So I got a, it's an athletics. Mm. That is a 21 total. Cool. You chop it down. There's your noise. <laughs> yes. That is the noise. Or, or even better. Ha ha! Timber! Ha ha! Yeah. All right. Dante's like, I've had enough of this. 
<laughs> All right, so the tree is now lying uh, across the river. Dante's just so happy that he doesn't have to do a rope thing. Uh, you do still have to roll something oh. across it. You have to roll acrobatics. Dope. I'll go first. Um, I'm not. I'm not very steady on my my feet, like uh, oh, feather stepping over there, like Shira. But I'll I'll try. A twelve. A twelve on the die for a total of a ten. No. Um. Okay. So you fall into the water after about three, three to five steps. I should have taken the rope. And now you need to give me an athletics check to swim to the other side, unless you're going to swim back to this side. It's up to you. I always move ahead. A nat 20 for a 26. All right, so you land in the water and you get this huge rush of adrenaline and Imogen just starts freaking swimming. She phelpses it across and you are also quite cold and you get uh, one HP, actually, sorry, two HP off. Uh, from how cold the water was that time, you swam through it. I, I deserve that. The final boss is going to be a river. Now that Imogen is across, can I build a fire so we can start warming up? I won't even make you do a check for that. You can go ahead and just build a fire. Okay, thank you. We're building a fire now. Alright, uh, roll an 18, so that's 27. And Dante's going to say... Haha, walk the plank, shiver me timbers. He's trying to be friends with Briggs. Briggs just gives him a cold stare, like... Yeah. <laughs> Making jokes. Nice dad joke. Uh, yep, you make it across. No problemo. Yeah. Dante is now thinking about what is a dad. Okay, backstory. Uh, no, uh, I just rolled a 25 total. Yes, yeah, so Dante makes it over super easy. Uh, well, not as easy as anybody else, uh, to be honest, because you're less uh, beautiful of a walker, but you, you make it over. You're fine. Okay. Once you've crossed the river, the rest of the path to the cracks themselves is basically clear. You can kind of see uh, the way that it would go. And so I am now going to read you some crags flavor. As you approach Droskar's crag, the land starts to shift upward and the trees become sparse. The snow lays thinner and thinner until you stand on porous rock. The dramatic volcanic peak rimmed with snow cuts into the sky above. Beside this chilling peak is another, just as fierce, known in these parts as Droskar's Crucible. Ancient black rock from some ages-old eruption covers both mountain slopes like a threat. At the base of these peaks, a network of canyons sinks deep into the earth. Many tracks lead towards these shadowy depths, while others head up the mountain. So now that there's no snow on the ground, you can actually uh, pretty bare, naked-eyedly see the uh, tracks from these parties that have gone out from the lumber <clears throat> camp uh, previously. It's about four now. You can go up the mountain, um, and then another group, yeah, it forks, so either up the mountain or towards the shadowy depths. Yeah, I did not plan on taking a dip. Let's uh, let's call it for the day. Yeah, we don't want to call it a blizzard. Yeah, and also, too, we saw glowing shit earlier. 
And I feel like Dante is like, maybe we'll see something in the night time. Go ahead and uh, tell me who's going. I, I assume that you guys are capable of making camp. I'm not going to make you roll for that because that's, I'm over it. So uh, who is going to keep watch, if anyone? I, I don't mind doing the last watch, and I also have dark vision. I don't know if I would say that in that voice. I also have dark vision. Imogen also has dark vision. I could have not. I'll take first shift. How many of them are you? There's three of you. There's four of you. I don't know how many other people there are in this party. Am I a person? Well, I didn't count myself. Math is a growth area for me, you guys. <laughs> it's not our strongest strength. Okay, there's, four, there's four of us, of y'all. And so the four of y'all... Three hour shifts, I guess. In three hour shifts, each person give me one roll on a D10. D10? For if anything happens on your shift. Hold on, let me write down a secret number. Secret number, it's a number. That yes, we do it in know. order of watches. Go ahead and give me your roll, Cody. I rolled a seven. That is the number that you were not supposed to roll. <laughs> of course. As Briggs is sitting by the fire and the sun is starting to like pass fully behind the, the planes in the distance, um, you hear what appears to be, or what sounds like a gurgling noise. And uh, before you know it, there is a, a small black creature that runs up to you. And it, it looks like an animal. And as it gets closer, uh, you decide it looks like a fennec fox. Um, roll for initiative and we'll do it based on perception. And the rest of us are asleep, right? So, uh... Yes. Uh, woof. And I'm going to say if you want to wake them up, it's one of your actions. So I rolled a 2. Plus 8 is 10. Plus 2 for the swaggering initiative, 12. Okay, so it comes closer. And uh, as at first, you... It, it looks like the fox that you thought it was. Um, just kind of a, a harmless wild creature that lives in the uh, area. And as it gets closer, you notice that it is uh, strangely entirely gray and not any other, like normally they would be brown um, and have more to them. The color of the eyes. Also gray. The entire thing is gray. Like one basic gray shape. And it is going to run up to you with its first action. Its second action is going to be uh, to jump on you, um, it's going to melee attack you. Oh, I was hoping it was going to nuzzle him. Instead, it hurt you when it touched you. Story of our life. Um, and then it body slams you, essentially. That would be 11 damage. Um, all right, it's your turn, Briggs. Well, I'm going to scream. <laughs> and bloody murder. <laughs> uh, can, can we hear that? Uh, character voice, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's in blood-curdling, agonizing scream. 
All right. Um, does that wake up your compatriots? Yes, it does. Mm. Uh, but Cody, you have got two more actions. Well, I'm going to take a swing at this mangy mud. So I rolled a 15. That's a hit. Or three damage. I think I'm going to take another swipe at it. Um, and that one's a, that was a 12, and that is not a hit. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, so if you guys will roll initiative, the, those of you who have woken up, so that I can add you into the order, you're going to do it. Perception. Perception? Okay, I just got a natural 28. So, 28, 28. for Dante. Imogen's a 24. Shira's a... What is it? That's going to be 17. Cool. So, uh, next up, we'll have Dante go. Okay, how far away am I from... One action. Okay. It's not far. Um, all right. Dante is going to pull out the uh, weapon of his god, the scimitar. Okay. And um, he he's going to move first, I presume. Move. Then attack this creature. Two actions. Okay. Yep. Pull out my scimitar and then across this little creature's skull. Okay. Name, in the name of Saren Ray. I got a I got a 23 Alright, that's a hit Okay, so now 9 points And it is a forceful slash sweep 9 points of damage Alright, it's still looking pretty Hale and hearty Okay Um, Imogen, what are you going to do? All right, so I imagine Imogen's eyes just shot open uh, at that blood-curdling scream. Uh, she is unarmored. Uh, you know, she doesn't have her war hammer, like, in hand. Her shield is lying next to her. Uh, so her eyes are going to shoot open. She'll see that uh, Briggs is in, you know, is, is bleeding and in pain. And she's going to cast a spell called Spirit Link, and that will be two actions. Uh, so, uh, what happens with Spirit Link is, uh, that I, uh, form a bond with the, my target, and I take in my target's pain. So, as I cast this spell, um, and at the start of each of my subsequent turns, if, uh, Briggs is below max HP, then, uh, he will regain 2 HP, and I will lose 2 HP. So, it's just like, ah! Uh, and I, I start to feel, you know, some, like, blood pulling uh, where his wound was. Um, and Briggs, you get two HP back. And with my last action, I will scrabble desperately for my shield and raise my shield. That is so cool. Uh, Shira, you're up. I've also um, been jolted awake by the scream, but I happen to sleep with my um bow and arrow beside me and i do have quick draw as a feat so i'm going to go ahead and knock an arrow 
um, and loose it at whatever kind of critter this is. And I believe that's only one action. That's a 22. That's not a critical hit or anything, is it? No, it's not. But that's six points of damage. Excellent. How's it looking? I've got two more actions. It is still looking pretty good. Oh, and I should say, when you hit it, the arrow goes into it and dissolves. Ooh. But it still took on damage. It did take on damage. Now that I kind of have my wits about me a little bit, I'd like to do a check to see if I can figure out what this critter is. Is that a nature check, I guess? Yes. That's a 24. Okay. So the 24, and what kind of vision do you have? Just normal vision? I have normal human vision. Okay. Uh, we'll say in the dying, in the dying light and the, the firelight, as you're looking at it, it actually looks over at Dante and the, cr- the crows that live in Dante's armor. And uh, it suddenly swirls into a cloud of foam, essentially, and then it takes on the shape of uh, one of the ravens. And so now it looks just like a, a large gray raven, and it uh, flaps and lands on the ground between the two of you. It hasn't really moved, it just kind of changed shape. So with that, you recognize that it is a shapeshifter, and you have heard tales of these things before. It is called a doppeldreck, and it is a shape-changing ooze. What's up with these goddamn oozes, man? I'm going to go ahead and shoot another arrow at it, because it to be doing enough damage that we'll keep doing that. Okay. That's a 21. And did you take the five off? No. Okay, it still hits, mm. um, but... Cool. It was close. But it almost looked like you were going to miss. <laughs> I'll just say that. So I roll for damage? Yeah. That's a three. Okay. Uh, all right, so the Doppeldrex's turn is up. Um it used one action to change shape. Its next action will be to fly at Imogen. And the second, the, sorry, the third action will be a melee attack. So now that it is in the form of a crow, it is going to go for kind of a uh, claw scratch for the face. And it's a six. <laughs> ah, even without armor, uh, six does oh, not. Oh no, sorry, hit. it's an eleven. It's an eleven. Uh, still doesn't hit. Cool. I'm a a hardy son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Clang right off the shield. Yeah, it clangs. It hits the shield. It sort of bounces off, and it gives you like a birdie, like what the fuck look. And I give a what-the-fuck look right back. As a free action, it caws. Caw! And I caw back. <laughs> Let's hear your caw. Caw! And that means fuck you and Raven. <laughs> <laughs> it looks scared. That's, that's one of my languages. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> this is an intimidation tactic, and Imogen is not backing down. 
it looks scared, but also Dante's two ravens, which are like sleeping kind of uh, in its his bedroll, also looks scared. Oh man, <laughs> Briggs, you're up. All right. Um, how far away is he from me now? Uh, it, one action away. He's just flown from one side to the other. All right, I'm gonna run up to it for one action, and for my second action, I'm gonna use an ability called or uh, a feat called Tumble Behind. Okay. Uh, you tumble under or behind your foe to catch them off guard. When you successfully tumble through, the foe's face you tumble through is flat-footed against the next attack you make before the end of your turn. 25? Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. All right, so I'm just going to attack it on the, for my last action. 12. That does not hit. Crap. <laughs> Dante, what you going to do? Our... our... Doppeldreck has turned into a raven and has <clears throat> cawed aggressively in and pseudo attempted to attack Imogen. Um, and your ravens are calling back and moderately upset. I calmed them as my first action. No, I'm kidding. Good. Um, <laughs> how far away is did it move very far? Uh, no, it moved a couple of feet okay, from so one person just, to another. So one action is fine. To one get action to, it. to move? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to move over and I'm going to. Hit it with that scimitar again. Do it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Do 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 do. See you got it. That is a twenty-six. Yeah, that'll hit. Um and that's a critical. Oh, okay. And I will draw from our critical hit deck. Your scimitar is slashing damage. It is a forceful uh, sweep, is what it says on here. I'm going with slashing damage on that. This is slash. Okay. Uh, You overhand chop it, which does double damage and a 1d8 of bleed. And the bleed should tick on the creature's turn. Okay, so let's start out with the damage. I rolled a 7 plus 3. That's 10. Yes. So what do I need? What did you say the effects were? Uh, So 10, and then we're going to double that. So it's 20 20. damage. (laughs) Nice hit. It is not looking as good as it was looking earlier. Um, it rapidly changes form and takes the shape of uh, you, Dante. And it's kind of a weird shadow version of you. Ooh, dark Dante. It's like bizarro Superman Dante. I was thinking dark Link, uh, yes, but yes, but like, and the features are also slightly wrong. Ooh. Right? Like if you're... If your face was covered in latex like that. Like a sad attempt at a face. Ooh. Sort of like how Ditto mm. does the eyes all wrong. Literally yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> Alright. Um, and also and also fully gray. So just a monochrome Dante. Dante's gonna be like, do not be fooled by this deceiver. So I guess I want a minus five on this one? Yes. It's a fourteen. Uh, that's a hit. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. All right. We're on the board. 1d8. Four damage. Okay. That, that's something. Yeah, that's something. All right. Imogen, you're up. Spooky Dante is standing in front of you. All right. Uh, so uh, the cut that Imogen sustained when she casts Spirit Link on Briggs uh, grows a little deeper. She takes two more hit points of damage. Briggs regains two more hit points. Uh, that's that's automatic. 
that does not consist of an action. Uh, I imagine that she didn't get a chance to even stand up, so she's like still on the ground, uh, shield raised. Uh, so for her first action, she'll like scrabble and paw in the in the the dirt uh, next to her to grab Soot Heart, her plus one striking war hammer. Uh, action two, she's going to stand up and say, "Listen, I was just trying to sleep." Uh, and then third action, she's going to take a big old swing at uh, Doppeldante. An 18 to hit. That hits. 15 points of bludgeoning damage with Soot Heart. Imogen didn't come to play. She came to nap. Dang. The Doppeldreck, Doppeldante, is looking not so hot. Um, and he is attempting to talk, and it's just making weird noises that sound a little something like this. Like that. Oh, that's really creepy. How far away is it from me? It is still, you, you hit it with an arrow last time, um, so it's an action away from you. Okay, so I can still hit it with an arrow. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I'm gonna do that because fuck those noises coming from That's gonna be 25 to hit. That's actually a crit. And you, I am pulling from the crit deck. And piercing damage, right? Because mm -hmm. it's narrow. Yeah. Uh, a bleeder. Double damage and 1d6 of bleed. Okay. Um, I rolled a 5 for damage. So that's going to be 10 for the double damage. And then I roll a d6 for bleed. Uh, the bleed hits on my turn, uh, uh, the Doppeldrex turn, which is next. I see. So minus 10. Yeah. Okay, so the arrow, once again, it hits it. Um, uh, now that it's a much larger form, it hits it and kind of sticks, and you can see even more clearly the way that it uh, sticks, kind of hurts, does the damage, and then sort of falls away like it's been burned away. Hmm. I don't think I really have anything else that I'm going to do. I'm just fire another arrow at it. Okay, go for it. It's going to be a 30. Hot jam! Zus. Christ, so that is another crit. I'm very good with my bow and arrow. Yes. Um, this crit is called Leg Wound, double damage, and the target's land speed is halved for 1d4 rounds. Well, I rolled a 6, so that's 12 of damage. Uh, it did. Yes! Okay, so this time you hit it with the arrow and it blows a hole straight through its, like, weird, frothy body. And then uh, the whole thing turns into, like, liquid and falls on the ground. Uh, and it is super dead. That's so metal and I love it. Mm-hmm. Congrats, you've killed the Doppeljack. Well, well done, Shira. All right, guys, you've only gotten, like two hours of sleep, let's say. Uh, do you want to continue with your watch or do you want to like move on into the night? Let's sleep, guys. 